We're on Hollywood Boulevard where a bomb has not exploded. That is a reference to this week's other podcast, which we hope you did listen to. Um, and if it doesn't make sense to you, it's a, you know, 24 year old Melrose Place reference. Okay. But, but listen, um, but here we are, uh, in 20, in smack dab in the very midpoint of 2019, um, talking about some of the current culture things. And Karen has already had a very long day, which means it's already been a very long week. She woke up very early. So I'm going to bore you guys with most of the talking and Karen might ask some questions. Yeah. If I, if I don't zone out too much, I'm sort of like going into like, you know, that like you haven't had enough sleep and you kind of go into like the tunnel. The tunnel. I know the tunnel. Yeah. I'm moving into that tunnel right now. Okay. Well, um, don't go too far toward the light. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. So what'd you see this week? I saw a couple shows and last week I actually saw Toy Story 4, which, which is good. I mean, okay, I, okay. Can I, is it sad? I mean, I think they all have these deliberately poignant moments, but it's, I don't, I don't think it's sad. I think as as much as it is like heartwarming. Okay, because everyone was like, "It's sad." Like I was like, "I think did like a character die or something." No, no, it's like everyone has to keep feeling their feelings and talk about how like they're sad, and that's just the way like the youth culture is. There's nothing like inherently sadder about this than most movies. Okay, because really quite, it's really quite lovely and a wonderful family film. Okay. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing super sad happens, but it is about the, like the end of relationships, the end of like caring for someone when that cycle is done. And that is actually a storyline that this show, excuse me, that this um, movie series has dealt with before. Like, you know, what happens when, you know, the kid you've cared for outgrown, has outgrown you or prefers another toy. Um, That's kind of a retread here. Um, but it's still done very sweetly. And so it's Woody and the gang um, are now caring for a new young girl, um, but she doesn't really care about Woody or Buzz Lightyear or any of the group in that like menagerie. And w- one day at, um, I guess, preschool, she makes this new toy out of like items from the garbage, including like a spork. Um, and, and she names it Forky and it's it's this weird, like, like concoction out of the trash voiced by Tony Hale. Um, he doesn't even like know how to be a toy. He just keeps like hopping away from the girl. Um, he keeps referring to himself as trash. Um, but this is the toy that the girl is like obsessed with. And, and the family goes on a road trip and, and all the toys go along with her. But at one point, Forky, like, runs away. And so Woody and the gang go to, like, try and find him to bring him back to help this young girl named Bonnie. Um, and they kind of get waylaid along the journey. And I won't give too much away, um, but I will say that there are two prominent female toys that play important roles here. And one is the returning Bo Peep voiced by Annie Potts, who I have always loved and was happy to see get so much here, I guess, get so much screen time. Love her too. And the other one is a new toy named Gabby Gabby voiced by Christina Hendricks of Mad Men and Good Girls. Um, And this is for my money, the most complicated character in any Toy Story film and one of the most complex characters I will see in film all year. Yeah, I said this. It's true. Because this is a toy 
who kind of terrorizes Woody because she feels useless because her own voice box has now run out and she wants to kill for Woody's. Um, so we have like the scary villain part, but she is actually just wanting to be loved and belong and be helpful. And we actually get a very complicated and unique character arc here. And I was fascinated by it. It is for me like this, the highest achievement of the film. It is really smart. Um, I think the film does kind of spin its wheels towards the end. I think everyone may be a little generous in how much the, the affection they have for the series as a whole. Um, I feel what was, should be the movie's climax happens like 55 minutes into the film. Um, but there are a couple really sweet scenes that uh, occur closer to the end. And that's partly what maybe people are talking about when they're like, oh, it was so sad. I actually don't know that I think it's sad, but it felt right. Um, and I should also say there's a very funny character who's like a Canadian stunt doll named Duke Kaboom that is voiced by Keanu Reeves, who is hilarious. <laughs> and so it's great to see Keanu having a little Keanu-sance and um, having a real sense of humor about like him and what he can and cannot do. Yeah, he's really having a moment, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. seems to have a, a bit and be laughing all the way through it. Yeah, which of course he is. Yeah, so um, I definitely recommend it. I think for me, Toy Story 2 is still my high point. Okay. Of the four. And I should say that I didn't love them when they came out. I was in high school, and I know it's like blasphemy to say, but not a big fan of either Tom Hanks or Tim Allen. So I was like, this film is not for me. But I watched both of them when I was in college, and I was like, oh, Doug, you are wrong. These films are wonderful. And Toy Story 3 is really great, too. So um, so I, I had come around on the series and came around enough to be like, oh, the movies are good, and this one is, is definitely pretty good. It's certainly worth seeing, and I think anyone can enjoy it. Um, there's no great Randy Newman song in this like there have been the other ones, though. Maybe I'll give it another try. I feel like I saw Toy Story at a time when I was watching a lot of animated um, features, and it just didn't hold up for me the way the others did. Like, it was like, you know, it was around the same time I was watching a lot of, like, Finding Nemo and um, and Flushed Away, which remains to this day one of my favorite movies ever. Um and, and Toy Story just didn't it didn't do it for me the way those other films did. I I, I can understand. Um, you know, maybe I should give it another shot, but um, or not. I don't know. I mean, maybe one day. Maybe someday. It's not worth running out to the theater an hour beforehand uh, before the showtime. No, sitting. definitely not. I'm saving that for Annabelle three. I'm hoping to get there this weekend. Oh, is that opening this weekend? Oh no, it opened last weekend. That's oh, why I got to get there this weekend because then oh, it's yeah, not going to stick around I, very long. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that I hope to get to maybe the Spider-Man movie in the next week or two. Ooh, no, not me. Well, we shall see. Um, and I did get to the theater. I saw a few shows. Um, a couple of them have closed, so I'll talk about the ones that are still running. Um, I saw a show at one of the roundabout theater companies off-Broadway spaces, uh, the Laura Pell's Theater, called Tony Stone, which is a play that is actually about um, the first female baseball player. Her name, uh, I mean, Mar- Mar- Marcinia, Marcinia, I think it's Marcinia Stone is um, the real woman. 
Um, but she was part of the Negro League through the 40s and the 1950s. And um, I, uh, what's her name? Lydia Diamond is the playwright um, who has crafted uh, her story. And I don't think she knows exactly what story she wants to tell or how to tell it. Okay. Because she's dealing with some heavy themes like um, racism and and even some, you know, sexism and the Ku Klux Klan is involved. But there are also a lot of moments of kind of low-hanging fruit humor involved. Um, a lot of, like, real bottom-of-the-barrel sexual jokes. Um, and, the, and it makes Tony Stone look like she's autistic, which I'm not sure... I'm not sure that it isn't the case, but I'm not sure the way it's portrayed is either realistic or dramatically suitable. Um, and I, I will say the actress... Mm-hmm. The actress who was originally announced to play Tony Stone is Uzo Aduba from Orange is the New Black. But then she bowed out a few months ago and was replaced by April Mathis, who's not as well known as Uzo Aduba is, but but is one that I at least know from from frequent stage appearances around New York. And she's an excellent actress. So I was glad to see her in this part. Um, and I hope it ends up being a nice springboard for her because she's wonderful and she's terrific in this um, in this play. And it's her and uh, uh, a cast of eight men who play a couple different roles that also that include teammates and some like other peripheral characters as well. A couple of them, even of the men are even dressing as female characters. Uh, the show at two, almost two and a half hours with an intermission kind of dances around too long. Um, and, and doesn't necessarily build to like, it doesn't raise dramatic stakes. Mm. Um, it sometimes introduces them and abandons them and doesn't even always return to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I didn't find it the deepest dive as a bio play goes, but the cast is wonderful. Um, all eight of the ensemble male players are, are terrific, but it really is a great vehicle for April Mathis. So, you know, and that's true, I think, of all of Lydia Diamond's shows, which include Stick Fly, which was a breakout for Condola Rashad, um, Felicia's daughter, um, Smart People, which was a show that included Joshua Jackson and Mahershala Ali before he started grabbing Oscars. Um, I think I think the casts are very good, uh, probably always requiring them to elevate the material a little bit. And I think that what happened here but april mathis is a name that i think everyone should know and i hope more people do right it's definitely a fascinating topic you know um it it doesn't get either the entertainment value nor the historical uh treatment i think that it should have oh that's kind of a bummer yeah and yeah it happens yeah exactly um but yay april mathis yeah yeah seriously a wonderful talent Mm mm-hmm um, and then uh, I saw a one-man show, um, also uh, telling uh, a true story. This is called We're Only Alive for a Short Amount of Time at the Public Theater. Um, and it's written by and performed by David Kale, who's an actor. And he's written shows, including solo perf- shows in the past for other people. Last year, he scored a big uh, success with Harry Clark, starring Billy Crudup. Um and those were fictional tales that he has typically written in the past. This is his own life story about growing up uh, 
poor and in a very volatile family in England. Um, and I guess it's about 90, 95 minutes. And for more than the first half, it's a lot of tales of growing up and realizing that he was gay and discovering Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli and, and whatnot. And then almost instantly it crashes into a much more serious show involving uh, the murder of his mother by his father. Oh, my God. And, you know, I apologize if that sounds like a spoiler. I just think that's that's where the story is. And that's something that should be, like, brought up in the very beginning because you have over 90 minutes of solid material right there. So um, for me, it was the second half of the show that really clicked into place and and, and became a truly riveting work. Um, and I should say it's it starts off very light um, and it's, you know, there are songs throughout the show um, and that he's worked on with a, a long time um, orchestrator. Um, and David Kale doesn't have the best voice. I don't even think he has the best diction necessarily as a, a performer, but, but he does sell it incredibly well. And the story is just sort of mind boggling. Um, so I think, I, I think honestly, the show itself could benefit from some dramaturgical enhancement. Okay. Uh, I just think, you know, that second half is so shocking and revelatory. Um, I could have listened to that in double the time. Uh, but I do recommend the show, which plays for at least a few more weeks um, at the public. Uh, so that's We're Only Alive for a Short Amount of Time, starring David, written by and starring David Kale, C A L E. Uh, so it's a big recommendation. From yeah, me. it's funny because, like, you like you didn't have me with the, you know, about him growing up in this small town and in England and being gay. And, and I'm like, oh my God, how many stories have we heard? about, you know, about that particular, maybe not the small town in England, but, you know, it's sort of like that sort of same coming out story, that same, you know, realization. But then you, when you dig into the nitty gritty about his father killing his mother, now you've got my attention. Yeah. Yes. And he really does tell the tale in vivid detail and, and runs the full emotional spectrum. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's plenty of meat here, and there's uh, it's just such a such a horrific event, uh, but very dramatically compelling. So yeah, knowing knowing now what waits for you in that show, I think about it very differently than I did going into it not knowing it. Yeah. So we'll be back with more to talk about, um, including more TV stuff. I have, I'm slowly catching up on more things that I can talk about. And Karen has a show that we'll talk about yeah, too. I finally caught up with something that I've been meaning to catch up with. And it is phenomenal. By the way, Karen is, uh, close to ending her subscription to HBO. So if there's anything you think she needs to make sure to watch and squeeze in before she gives up the ghost, uh, let us know. And you can let us know on our Facebook page back on the block pod. Um, yeah. Otherwise I am going to crawl this tired ass to bed. Yes. Let's all bid Karen a good night. Good night. And, uh, Karen, I wish you sweet dreams of five-star ratings on iTunes. Oh, thank you, my dear. I wish you the same. (laughs) Thank you, my darling. (gasps) Guys, that's it. It's been fun cruising down the boulevard with you. If there's anything else you uh, have been watching or know of that you want us to uh, weigh in on, you know how to find us. Let us know, and uh, we'll make good on it. We'll see you next time. We'll be back on the blog and back on the boulevard. Bye.